One of the beautiful things about shifting to fully automated trading on the new Option Alpha platform is the ability to finally be able to clone and replicate entire trading strategies using bot templates. Bot templates allow anyone to build a trading strategy and seamlessly share the structure and details of that strategy with one click. Today on the podcast, I want to walk through just one type of strategy that I think is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to situational trading and hedging bots. I have no doubt that this discussion will spark some creative ideas, allow you to dream of what's possible, and show you that the future of trading is incredibly bright once you adopt auto trading. You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you consistently play smarter, more profitable trades. So thank you so much for tuning in today. On today's show number 193, we're going to walk through an automated way to start VIX hedging. I got to be honest with you, this show has been transferred around in my personal collection of content I have wanted to do for over two years now. Many of you know that when we started this whole process and we knew we were going to build an auto trading platform, I have been wanting like the desire to do this show right now and to talk about what auto trading can do in this specific capacity has been on my mind for two plus years. And so I've transferred notes. It's been on paper. It's been in Trello. It's been in Asana. It's been in Google Drive. I am so excited to do this show. And I think you'll see why I'm so excited to do this show once we get through here. Because it truly is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to dreaming about all the things that we can do now with bots and with automation in this industry. And forever in a day, it's been this whole just clunky process that we would always have to go through. And myself included, when we started using a hedging strategy just last year before the market started to tip over earlier this year, it's really a, a hard process because not only do I have to explain the background and the research behind it and why we do it, but we also have to tell people how to do it and, and help them understand how they can do it because I can't do it for them, obviously, but you know they got to go in and click and make the decisions themselves and they got to do it every month or they got to do it in a specific sequence of events when something happens. And now all of that clunky processing that takes place is basically gone. And what you have is you have the beautiful ability to create a template, create a trading strategy. And if you want to, and you don't have to, you can always choose to keep it top secret. If you think you've got some sweet, awesome thing that nobody else can do, sweet, great, keep it to yourself. But if you want to share a strategy, a template or whatever, which I think a lot of people will, myself included, then you can do it with bot templates. And bot templates are an amazing piece of technology that just seems so intuitive now, but it took us a really long time to get this right and to figure out how to make these pieces fall together. Today on the podcast, I want to go through just one strategy that I think will be a really cool way to start to spark some of the creativity that I know is already out there, some of the ideas that I know you've already had about what if a bot could do this? What if you know, my trading platform knew when to execute or what to do in certain situations. And so I want to use this as the template so that you can adapt, modify, clone, use at your will 
some variation of this moving forward or not if you don't want to, but it shows you what's possible and it shows you what the future of trading looks like. Now, before I jump into what I'm just calling the flash crash hedge bot, I want to talk about just briefly what I think people are going to do with bots. And again, if you haven't been on one of the demos, head on over to optionalpha.com slash demo. We walk through this in detail. We've done lots and lots of demos, super fun, couple hundred people, couple thousand people every time that we do it. They go on for quite some time sometimes. Sometimes we do them two and a half, three hours of Q&A, but that's cool. But I think that what you'll understand about bots is that bots run a micro strategy in your account. And that's how you should think about them. They're like little portfolio managers that you deploy into your account to run entire strategies. And now notice I said that the bots and the automations don't run everything in your account unless you want them to. It's not a default that the bot has total access to your account. The default is that you tell the bot how much of your account it has access to. So if you have $100,000 that you're trading with, you can give one bot access to $10,000 of capital and you can give another bot access to $5,000 of capital and you trade with the rest. You manually trade with the rest or you do whatever you want to do with the rest. So think about bots as little micro strategies running in your account. And I believe that in the future, there will be a couple different types of bots that people will create. And I broadly classify these into three categories. And this is why I think it's important that we start here because this is how I see people using these in the future. Though I'm not 100% certain, this is how I would envision that people are going to use these in the future. One, they're going to be core position bots. And core position bots will probably have a bigger allocation, but will trade more not generic, but more core positions, iron butterflies, iron condors, long stock positions, trend positions, right? Your bread and butter strategies, right? The strategies that you want to go to over and over again, that you want the bulk of your capital allocated towards. So if you like trading stocks, because you don't just have to trade options, you can auto trade stocks and you just want to trade a trend trading strategy with a bunch of different equity ETFs. Great. You can do that and you can give the bot access to trade all of that if you wanted to. So that's the first one, core position bots. The second type or category that I think people will start to build out are tactical bots. And what I mean by this is I truly mean tactical implementation of very specific strategies. So things that come to the top of my mind are things like a swing trading bot that trades based on RSI indicators, right? So if RSI is low, it makes a position. If RSI is high, it makes a position. But if RSI is in between, it does nothing. So it's just sitting there waiting tactically to jump on an opportunity as it presents itself. Maybe it's a high IVR bot. So it only makes a trade when implied volatility is over 75, right? So most of the time it might be laying dormant, but then it tactically gets into a position when, when implied volatility is high. So I think people are going to use these, they're going to use them in a smaller percentage potentially than core bot positions, but there's these tactical bots that they'll use all over the place. And I think that most of these are going to be shared as well. People are going to create some pretty cool swing trading bots with some pretty cool management styles or ways that they get in and out of positions. And I think those templates are going to be amazing to share. I personally want to see all the ones that you guys create as well. The third category of this, and this is what I think is super interesting that has never even been done, not even on any marginal scale at all in this industry, is the ability to have hedging bots. And hedging bots, to me, are something that I think 
not a lot of people think about right away, but I definitely think about. And I think is, or was, one of the worries that I had when we started to go down this road of having things automated. Because what I worry about is I worry about, well, what if I set up all these bots and all these tactical things, but I miss some major event that happens, some black swan that just comes out of left field in the middle of the day when I'm not watching, right? And that's where I think hedging bots are going to play a huge role. So what I have thought about before, and if you traded through this you know that this is true, but we traded through this right on option alpha. It was a crazy day, but we traded through the flash crash. If you've never traded through a flash crash, which was only essentially one, then I can tell you, and I happened to be in front of my screen the entire time that it was happening. And I had just like deer and headlights motion. But if you've ever traded through a really fast market, things happen so fast. It almost is like you can't react. Like you just get like for some reason debilitated, like you can't do anything, you know? And in that case, the flash crash which I believe was in 2010, when that flash crash happened, what you saw is you saw the market rebound right away. And so it almost was like it didn't happen, but it actually did. And so what I've always worried about, and I think a lot of people do too, is, well, what if that were to happen again or some catalyst were to come out of left field that would cause the market to have a huge move lower or huge move higher or whatever the case is, or a particular industry to have a huge move lower or higher, just like in the snap of a finger. And I worry about that type of thing happening. So this is why one of the reasons we built this whole system around automations and bots and the way that they move and the way that they you know, use automations and interact with each other, et cetera, is so that you could build out these very small micro hedging bots that I hope I never use but are always on and always watching. And one of the first ones that I started to think about was what if I could build a bot that would essentially try to do something, not that I know exactly what the perfect situation would be because we don't know what the next flash crash will look like or how far or fast it will move, but what if I could build a bot that almost essentially never got used or I hope never got used, but continuously watched the market for an intraday crash or some other thing happening that I would consider to be a hedging event. Now, this is different than the first two types of bots because the first two types, a core position might be just regular iron butterflies and regular iron condors. Tactical bots might be RSI swing trading or high IVR, MACD swing trading or Bollinger Band trading or whatever. But these are hedging bots. These are bots that are meant to hedge positions or hedge the portfolio in very specific ways for specific situations or events happening. And so the one I want to go through today is what I just lovingly refer to as the flash crash hedge bot. And it's a really simple bot. But again, the idea is not to say you should do this exact thing, right? Because you do whatever works for you. But it's thinking in more broader terms than what you are now. I'm truly trying to push you into thinking about the next level of all this because having these in place could literally save your butt if something crazy happens. You know, the other one that I just want to, I truly think about all the time is I don't know how many people thought about this. I don't know if I talked about this on a podcast or not, but a little while back, Twitter got hacked. And I don't know if you guys remember that, but Twitter got hacked and a bunch of people went in and they took over profiles of basically anybody. They had really just unlimited resources. And 
and thank God they were dumb enough that they only went after like Bitcoin scams and stuff like that. Like they were tweeting, I think from the president or whoever, like major people, major, you know, stars and, you know, officials tweeting about Bitcoin. And I think to myself all the time, what if they didn't go in there and do that? What if they actually went in and they pretended to be the president and they started tweeting nuclear threats or they started to antagonize other people or they started to you know tweet programs that were not even true how fast would the market have moved on that type of information and we just literally don't know and so this to me is that type of situation where i need something if i'm going to feel secure about having something that i hope i never use kind of you can call it like the bazooka bot the flash crash bot you know the doomsday bot whatever you want to call it something that would trigger a certain series of actions if certain parameters are hit in the market and again this is where i think the creativity goes wild and i hope you guys share all of your templates with me and the community and we all try to find the ones that work best for us there's not going to be a one size fits all for this the one that i do is not going to be great for everybody it might be good for some people but i might make a tweak and an adjustment to a template that somebody else uses so the one I want to go through is this flash crash hedge bot. I want to start with just how the bot is structured kind of globally. It's like the global settings of the bot. I give the bot $3,000 of allocation. Now, that doesn't mean that the bot has $3,000 that is now transferred to the bot because it's not transferred to it. It just means that at any point, the most amount of money that it can use to start to execute these positions, which we'll talk about, is $3,000. Now, for my portfolio size, that's 1%. So I'm giving this micro bot, essentially, this hedging bot, 1% access to my funds. Now, this to me is so, so cool about how we set up the whole structure around option alphas because we can be very, very specific like this. We can tell the bot exactly how much capital it has to play with if it needs to use it, if it needs to deploy this capital. And I've also set up some position limits. My position limits are one position per day at any one time and one position max at any one time. Now notice I'm being very selective with this. I'm telling the bot, look, if you ever get into a situation where you have to deploy, right, and, and make some trades that I've set up, you get $3,000 to play with at max. You can only get into one position and you can only ever get into one position. That's it. It's one position that you can get into. Now, there could be multiple contracts, as we'll see, but one single trade that you can make. This, to me, for my particular situation or how I see it, this eliminates the possibility that the bot could go crazy entering 10 positions in a row during a flash crash scenario or whatever the case is and just like get out of control. So I think this is where, again, not to say this is the right way to do it or not. It's just how I think about it. Like I just want this to do one position at any one time if certain parameters are hit in the market. So those are the global settings of the bot. It's got $3,000. It can get into one position and one position only. Now what I've done is I've added a scanner. Now again, a scanner inside of a bot is a scan that runs constantly checking certain sets of market criteria or decisions. These criteria can be very broad. They can be very big, massive criteria that may not be hit ever or may not be hit, but maybe once every couple of years, but it will constantly look for this market situation to happen or this set of dynamics to you know happen in the market. So I built out an automation called, is the market crashing? 
This way I know exactly what that automation is checking. You can name them whatever you want. You can save them to your automations. In this case, it's a very simple one for me, and I want it to go through a very simple set of decisions. So mine is called, is the market crashing? So every 15 minutes, this VIX hedging bot will basically go through and check and see, is the market crashing? Is the market crashing? Is the market crashing, right? And it will constantly do this forever until I tell it to stop. My set of criteria that I've added look like this. And again, I want to be totally clear on this. You don't have to use this set of criteria. This is not to say that I'm going to use this as the de facto standard going forward. I will probably tweak and adjust or whatever. I just wanted to use something that you guys could understand and that wouldn't be overly complicated for the structure of how I'm thinking about this. Okay. So use this with a grain of salt if you want to, if you want to use this differently, if you want to use this exactly the same, whatever. This is just to spark the creativity up to what you could do with bots and automations in the future. What I've done in this particular case is I've created two, I would call them groups of criteria. And the reason I did this is because I wonder if we get into a flash crash situation, if one of these things may not trigger and I don't want to rely on just one thing potentially happening, right? I want to give the market and give my bot two possible outcomes. Like if this or this happens, then execute. Now, again, you can make it very specific. Like if this particular thing happens, then execute a trade. In my case, with a hedging bot, I want to give it two possible outcomes. And I want to do this because I know that in some cases, let me just get into it and then I'll, I'll go through it. The first set of criteria that I put in here is, is the S&P price down 10% since yesterday? Now, again, you can make it 5%, you can make it 20%, you can make it whatever you want. But I just basically had a criteria that says, is the S&P's price down 10% since yesterday? That is my threshold to say, look, if the market price is down 10% and I'm not paying attention to it and I'm off doing something I'm with my kids or doing a podcast or doing a webinar or whatever, I want to make sure that this bot executes, right? That to me is the threshold to say, look, something happened so big in the last 24 hours to cause the market to go down 10%. I need to execute a hedge right now, right? An emergency hedge, if you will. So that's the first set of criteria. Again, you can use all of our recipes that we have to set your criteria. There's an unlimited amount of combinations that you could put in here. This is not saying that this is the standard way to do it. It's just the way that I'm doing it for now. The other set of criteria I had is a group of decisions. Now, again, this is a really cool way that we can use these where we can say, look, if the S&P's price is down 10% or if this combination of things happens, right? This is what's really cool. Or if this combination of things happens, then execute the trade. So what I did is I added a group of two decisions. So this group of two decisions means that both of these statements have to be true in order for this to execute. If one of these decisions or one of these criteria is not true, then it will not execute, okay? Or it will not execute for this particular set of decisions. So the first thing that I've did is I've added a decision to see where the VIX value is. So in my case, I said, is the VIX above 40? Now, again, you can say, is it above 30? Is it above 50? Is it above 100? You can do whatever you want. In my case, I say, is the VIX above 40? If the VIX is above 40 and the other set of criteria, which I'll mention here in a second, is happening, then I know something major is happening in the market. 
volatility is exploding. You could even say, is the VIX up 100% since yesterday? Is the VIX up 200%? You can make it price determination. I just want to make it a point determination. Is the VIX above 40 or not? And if the VIX is above 40, and then here's where my second grouping of decision of the, the decision comes in, and the S&P's price is below 300, or the SPY price is below 300, then this would execute. So it's not just in my case, that the VIX is above 40. Because the VIX could go through a big spike, but the market could be rallying, right? I mean, it's not the de facto standard, right? It's not always the case that the VIX has a big spike and the market drops. It's usually the case, but it, it couldn't be the case in some particular situations. We could have a massive rally in the VIX or just a an increase in the VIX intraday, but the market could not be selling off or maybe not selling off really big. So I've grouped this decision together to say, look, if the VIX is above 40 and the S&P's SPY's last price is below 30, then that would be another way in which I would execute this trade. So now what I've done in this situation for this one particular bot, it goes through a very simple set of decisions to say, just to recap, either the S&P's price is down 10% since yesterday or the VIX is above 40 and the S&P SPY's price is below 300. So that is the set of criteria that I go for. Now, again, you can make your own judgment call as you change these, you can adjust these. The beauty of having this as a template is that when I make a strategy like this a template or somebody else makes a strategy like this a template, you can come in using the template and adjust one data point adjust one thing, replace the VIX with SPY, replace SPY with IWM or DIA or the Qs or whatever you want to do. That's the beauty of this is that you don't have to use everything. You just get the template and you make the adjustments as you see fit. Like I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day and I was using recipes as the example. I was saying, look, if you get a recipe from someone, you're like, man, I really love your chili or whatever it is, right? Like I love your mac and cheese. Give me your recipe. And they give you their recipe you don't have to follow their exact recipe. Maybe you like one thing a little bit different, right? Maybe they cook theirs for 25 minutes and you want yours a little bit more crispy, so you cook it for 30 minutes. But you're using the structure of the recipe to give it context and to give it some foundational elements that you can work from. And this is how the automations and templates work in Option Alpha. We made it this way deliberately and painstakingly created this process so that it would be easy for you to do this moving forward. So in the case of my VIX hedging bot, I go through this set of decisions. And so it's always constantly checking these sets of decisions every 15 minutes constantly and has been for a couple months now, just waiting and waiting and waiting for hopefully never the opportunity to actually deploy. Now, most of the time it just lays dormant, right? And it hasn't done anything ever since we started using this and since we started doing the demos around it, it just lays dormant, just continues to check and check and check, but it always goes down the no path, which is to not execute anything, just to do nothing, just constantly check. If one of those things were to be true, the S&P's price was down 10% since yesterday, right? Or the VIX was above some value or the SPY price was below some value and all of that stuff was true then it would go down the yes path. And in my case, the yes path would entail buying a long call option on VIX 30 days from expiration or closest to 30 days at the at the money strike. And I would use all the capital available. Now, again, you can 
tweak and change and adjust this as much as you see fit. And this is not to say that I won't tweak and change and adjust this moving forward. It's just to give you some context of what you can do with automation and with bots like this. You can set the strikes that you want to buy. If you want to buy a particular strike, say you want to absolutely buy the 40 strike or the 50 strike or the 60 strike, you can set that exact strike. You can set the days to expiration or the closest days to expiration, use the weeklies or the monthly contracts, whatever you want. And in my case for this type of hedging bot, I gave it room to allocate all the money available. So basically buy as many contracts as I could for $3,000. Now you might want to do a tiered approach. If you want to say, you know, buy two contracts and then if the VIX gets above 50, then buy two more contracts. You could do all of that in automation as well. You just build that it right into the logic, right? That you buy the first two contracts, then you see if the VIX is above 50. If the VIX is above 50, buy another two contracts or whatever the case is. In my particular situation for this, I would just buy as many contracts as I could for $3,000 of risk. Now, we've got some other hedging strategies that we use. So this isn't the only one that I would use, but it's one that I think a lot of people could find a lot of comfort in using something like this because it is just looking for a really big anomaly event to happen in the market, a black swan event to happen. And if it was to happen, it is going to take some action that you determine. So what's really cool about this is the ability to, again, just in a couple clicks of your mouse, right, with some simple recipes or even just cloning a template and tweaking it to fit what you want, you can go through and do this right inside of your portfolio. Now, once I have that scanner running and it's checking every 50 minutes to see if the market's crashing, which by the way, hold on one second on the 50 minutes, you know, you could run this thing faster using some of the future things that we'll do like power-ups and boost-ups to your bots if you want to run them sooner. In my particular case, I'm totally okay with having this run every 15 minutes. That's way fast enough for me because if you get just a weird price action in the market where the market does go through a flash crash or mini flash crash in let's say like two minutes and then just recovers or just a quote is misdone in a particular market that you're trading and a quote just misprices for a fraction of a second, I don't necessarily want that to trigger this whole automation sequence, right? So to me, it's got to be like a systemic thing that's happening. The VIX is going higher, market prices are going lower, and that has happened all day or over the course of a day since yesterday. That has to be some of the key elements for mine in particular. But once I have this in place, I'm going to create a monitor automation. And this monitor automation is now going to be looking for and waiting for an opportunity to take profits only if the position gets executed. So this is the beautiful thing about doing this with automation. Not only can you just set the automation to automatically enter a position, but now you can tell it what to do once it gets into that position. So in our case, this monitor action that I have called hedge profit taker, that's what I named it. I named it hedge profit taker so I knew what it was doing or what it was looking for. This monitor action in many cases, it's never going to run. It just sits there waiting and it doesn't run or check anything because there's no positions open. But if a position were to be opened, if a long call option in the VIX was to be opened, then it would automatically turn on and start watching for an opportunity to take profits or take the position off, right? To close the trade. So what I've done with this hedge profit taker is I've gone through and determined the set of decisions that it should need to make 
if there's a long VIX call option in the portfolio. And what's cool about the monitor actions is you can actually set it to monitor any position that gets opened or any type of position. So you can have monitors, and we show this in the demo if you join us on one of the demos, you can have a management automation that goes through and does a certain set of decisions for just short call spreads and a completely different set of decisions for short put spreads and a completely different set of decisions for iron butterflies. And then each bot could have its own set of decisions that are totally custom. I mean, it really, you can reuse what you want to reuse and you can customize what you want to customize. In our case, I say, look, anytime any position is opened, right? In this flash crash hedge bot, I want to go through this continuous sequence of hedge profit taking and making decisions, which will it will go through again every 15 minutes. It will continuously go through this and see if there's an opportunity to take profits or remove the position. My hedge profit taker looks like this. Yours might be different. You can adjust it, tweak it. Mine looks like this. The first decision that it comes across is did the premium in the position increase by 250% since it was opened? And I set that threshold really high on purpose. One, because we know from some of the testing that we've already done that that threshold needs to be very high in order for the hedge to be effective. You need to give it room to run. Number two is because if there's a flash crash situation and the bot automatically enters a VIX long call option and then the market continues to crash during the you know, 15, 32 hours that I'm not there watching the position, I need to tell it when to start exiting the position, right? And so 250% is enough of a threshold for a single day that I could be comfortable to let it go and say, look, if it does get to 250%, say in the next 15 minutes or 30 or you know two hours or whatever, take the position off. I feel like I've hedged as much as I can hedge in a single day, right? Because at that point, I'm assuming I would know what's going on in the world and I'm paying attention, right? That I could even come back here and I could increase that threshold more if I wanted to. And I could say, okay, now only take profits at 500%, right? But whatever it is for you, you can do it that way if you want to. So that's the first set of criteria. So, and it's only just one thing. It's not a and or statement. It's not multiple sets. It's just, did the position go up 250%? And if it did, close the position immediately. If it did not go up 250%, and this is what's really cool about automations is you can tell it what to do if it runs into a no decision. So if it did not go up 250%, then the next decision that I want to check is I want to check to see if the VIX is below 40 now, this is, for me, interesting because if I was using 40 as kind of the line in the sand to say is the VIX above 40, then I might want to use that same line in the sand to, to remove the position because I might get into a situation where the position stays on and it may never reach 250% profit. But if the VIX now comes back down below 40, to me, that would signal that the market is starting to calm down, things are settling, right? Whatever that event was has now passed and now things are starting to, you know, come back down and start to calm down. Then I might want to close the position regardless of the profit that I have in the position or not. So in this case, if I get into this position, it doesn't have a 250% profit at any point, but the VIX value is below 40, I might also want to close the position. Now, I could have a profit at this point. I could have a loss. 
I could also set up another decision to say, if the VIX is below 30 and I have a 50% profit, then close. Or if the VIX is below 50 and I have a 50% profit, then close. You can do whatever you want with this, but it's just the idea of setting up these dynamic decisions that you can put right into the bots and into the automations to make them do whatever you want them to do, to make them go through whatever series of decisions you want them to go through. In my case, I think something along the lines of the VIX value, or you could use the S&P value recovering or something, triggering that the hedge no longer is needed and it could be removed is a good way to go about it. And again, this would only happen if the existing position was opened and the monitor action to start looking for these hedging profit taking would be triggered. So once you get that in place, all you have to do at that point is turn on the, the flash crash hedge bot and that's it. And then it's running. And now you have this bot that's continuously running in your account, hopefully never to be used. But in the off chance that you do need to use it or that it needs to be deployed, it's waiting and ready to go. Now, the next level of this, of course, is creating a template out of it. And this is what's so cool about this is that you can actually take this structure and let's say you want to share it with one of your friends. You save it as a template and then you go into the community and you just message privately with one of your trading buddies or trading girlfriends or whoever. Or you could message it to the group or you could post it to the public forums and say, hey, look, this is the one I built. What do you guys think? And people can come in there and clone and tweak and replicate and do whatever they want with theirs, right, on their side of, of the table. This is how this industry changes, is being able to take this, which for many people might be just way over their head. It's actually a very simple framework that I think about, but if it's way over your head, now you can basically plug into that strategy in one click by cloning the entire template and just walk through the steps, make sure it you know, makes sense to you. You have to set your own allocation and your position limits and you've got to you know, set the tickers that you want it to run on and the position sizes, but the structure is there for you. The structure of the trading strategy is there for you so that you can do something with it. And so that you don't have to write it down and remember, and more importantly, so you don't have to check the markets all the time to see if these events are happening. And like I did, you don't have to freeze when you go through that type of event because you're like, what is going on? Like, I have no idea, right? But in this case, I want the bots to start executing positions. And I'm just very specific about the things that it needs to do and when it needs to do it. So as cool as this really was, and I, and I hope it really was kind of very cool to, to listen to this thought process and this, this idea around using hedging bots and, and tactical bots and core bots. What I want you guys to do is start thinking about how you would use trading with automation. Because right now, what you need to start developing is you need to start developing some of this rule framework, some of these systems that you're going to want to implement. And I want you to start thinking about them now so that you can start letting them process in your mind for the next couple of weeks until you get access to the bots. And if you're an elite member and a lifetime member who's going to be getting access, you know, coming up very soon, if you already haven't started getting access, then you're already starting to develop some of these strategies and some of these bots. But if you're not in there yet, use this time to start dreaming a little bit. Like, what if a bot could do this? What if a bot could also manage this component or this strategy that I saw that one time? Or what if a bot could hedge my position midway through? 
one of the things that we didn't even touch on here, but we talk about in the demos that we do and, and kind of show you this whole process anyway, is we talk about the idea of using hedging internally and other bots as well. So hedging is not just like the one that we described. This is kind of more of like a global portfolio hedge, right? Like I give the bot 1% of the portfolio and I tell it, look, if the market's crashing, like buy VIX calls and go bananas. But what I'm talking about is if you want to also build in hedging and adjustments internally into other bots that you're trading, you can do that as well. You can build in triggers and milestones that bots are reaching or challenging points that get you know triggered inside of a bot where you say, if I have a put spread and I get challenged on the put leg, I can sell a call spread. If I have an iron butterfly and I get challenged on a long wing, I can execute a hedging strategy or roll a contract or do something to hedge that position right within the framework. So a lot of this is multidimensional. You can use a lot of the same strategies internally in some bots. You can use it as its own, you know, kind of like self standalone hedging bot if you wanted to. That is so cool with the technology that we built. I mean, I'm serious. Like I get giddy about it because it's so cool. We've been thinking and working on this for so long, knowing that this is how you guys were going to use it. And now that it's here, it's, it's really awesome. So again, if you want to take a look at this, if you want to see what we're doing in option alpha, you want to check out a demo, head on over to optionalpha.com slash demo. We go through the flash crash hedge bot or a variation of it because I keep changing it all the time for demos and you know we keep building new bots and demos and and tweaking and adjusting with new features but head on over to optionalpha.com/demo get on a live demo because again November 1st this year the price of lifetime goes up this is your chance you've got a couple weeks now this is your chance to get in and to get access to the auto trading platform with no monthly or annual fees moving forward if you have any questions at all let our team know. We definitely want to be here to help you guys. And more importantly, I hope you guys really enjoyed today's conversation and it really got your mind just spinning in all kinds of directions with creative ideas and things that you can do. And I hope it got you really excited about the future of trading and the future of auto trading. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hi, Kirk. My name is Mark. In the past, I've closed iron condors or butterflies and I've left the protective legs on to expire worthless. Sometimes those legs go in the money after the market close, and I get assigned the shares. Then I lose money in the process of closing that position. I just realized that my interactive brokers platform has a function that allows me to preset an option exercise action. So for instance, I could set an action to lapse that outstanding option leg without being assigned the stocks, even if it is in the money. Is that a good idea? Thank you. Hey, Mark. So thank you so much, first of all, for submitting the question. This is a good question because we talked about this actually in the last podcast going through the assignment and exercise process. And if you do let legs in this case go into the money at expiration, then yeah, most brokers, what they do is they have a default that if you let the leg go into 
the money and you wanted it to happen that way, assuming that you did, then they would auto-exercise the position. And so while I don't know the specifics of how Interactive Brokers does it for choosing the action that you can have on expiration, which is a great idea so that you at least have some control over it, what I do know is that we've thought about this as well with the positions that we have through auto trading, and we gave everyone the ability to pre-program in to their monitor actions and their bots the ability to check and see if a position is at expiration or the day before or two days or five days or 10 days before expiration and to see if one of the legs is in the money or challenged or whatever the case is to determine if you could close that position early as well. So I think this is a challenge for people not only because sometimes it causes a situation where you get assigned or exercise and you don't have the capital to deal with it or you just it's a nuisance to deal with. But if we can all get to the point, whether you use some broker logic, if brokers like Interactive Brokers have logic around what to do, or you can use some logic through automation with us that make those decisions earlier and are more specific, then I think that we have more control over our trading. So I think it's a good idea to answer your question more directly. Is it a good idea to have a preset determination of actions and decisions you go through at expiration, for sure. How you do that, whether you do that on the broker side or whether you do that with us at Option Alpha and how we use automations, that that's up to you. But I think you should have something in place so you know what to do with your positions. All right. As always, if you guys want to get your question answered here on the podcast, just like Mark did, head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask, click the big red button in the middle of the screen and leave me a private voicemail. Again, it goes right to me. I listen to him. I queue him up for the next episode, get him added to the next episode. So if you want to get your question in, into an upcoming episode, you got to go there right now, optionalpha.com slash ask. All right, let's get into the closing bell segment and talk about a new trade that we're making in TLT. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. Moving forward. All right, so a new trade that we're talking about today is a regular standard position for us, and that is in TLT. And we're selling yet again another iron butterfly. And I like these in TLT, not only because generally they've actually been working out pretty well over the last couple of months. You know, TLT went through quite a big move at the end of March and February with the rest of the market where it's gone from basically 140 to 180 really fast, then back down to 140 in the same month, then back up to about 170, again, all in the same 30-day time period, just huge moves. But since then, has basically traded around $160 to $170 pretty much for the last five or six months. And so I don't know if TLT is going to continue trading in this range or not, but it's been good to sell premium in TLT and to do it generally neutral. And so what we're doing here is we're setting up just a single laddered entry in TLT, selling the November 165 Iron Butterfly in TLT. So we sell the 165 puts, sell the 165 calls, buy the 180 calls, and buy the 150 puts, which are really cheap for you know what you get. And again, I like doing these this way because we don't know what's going to happen. We know that black swans happen more often than markets suggest and market models would factor into. So for us, we're collecting about $7 in premium, which gives us about a $14 range from which TLT can trade in. And again, this is the first laddered entry that we're getting into for November. So we can continue to ladder into more contracts as inevitably TLT will move. So we don't like to 
you know, get one position, just throw up our whole position on the market, you know, get into a massive position right away and pin ourselves at one strike. We like to spread this out over a couple different strikes and, uh, and try to reduce the risk as much as possible. So again, pretty standard entry here. We definitely want to be trading TLT because it's a core uncorrelated ticker in our portfolio. And we like the iron butterfly here. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, that's a wrap for this week's podcast episode here at Option Alpha. But before you go, please, let's keep the conversation going. Connect with me on your favorite social media platform and let me know what questions, ideas, thoughts came to mind after listening to today's show. As always, I hope you guys have an opportunity to join us on one of our upcoming demos. We're doing demos every Monday and Thursday. Head on over to optionalpha.com slash demo and grab a seat on the next demo. If you can't make it and you want to see the recording, that's how you get the recording. Go to optionalpha.com slash demo, sign up for a slot. We'll send you the recording after we're done. Some of these demos have been going really long with Q&A and I've been having a lot of fun with them. So I have no problem with that. We just did a demo the other day where it's basically about three hours, almost like an hour and a half of Q&A at the end, which is fine. It's cool. We had a lot of ideas and suggestions and things that we go through. So it was a really, really fun process. Just want to let you guys know what we've been working on next week on the podcast. We're going to go through the short-term performance of long-term strategies. This is a really cool one because we're going to dissect some of the performance metrics in chunks and time periods. And I think you'll really get a good frame of mind for how to think about performance on a longer term scale versus always thinking about performance on a shorter, narrow focus scale. And then again, office hours is going to be scheduled on Tuesday, the 13th of October at 2 p.m. So if you are an elite lifetime member, that's the next office hours, Tuesday, the 13th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. If you can't make it, you just send me your questions and we get them added to the list. Office hours is one of the really fun, cool things that we do here where we just jump on answer and ask a lot of questions back and forth, try to get you guys pointed in the right direction as much as possible. We really enjoy doing those. And I know that a lot of elite members do as well. So that's a wrap for this week's podcast here at Option Alpha. As always, if you want to get a copy of the show notes, more links, more uh, training and videos around the topics that we talked about, head on over to optionalpha.com slash show 193. Again, that's just the number 193, optionalpha.com slash show 193. And until next time, happy trading.